0: Hello and welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah from Caterpillar Mom Plays.
1: And I'm your other host, Hill House, from, as I'm sure you all know, internationally renowned sensational YouTube channel, Good Games and Good Vibes. (laughs) Actually, I think it's universally renowned at this point. Did I say that right? universally i sound like bush (laughs) nuclear
0: universally yeah yeah universally like you're in travel guides now i'm just i you know what (laughs)
1: let's just put it this way people know me i think anyway on to the news (laughs) welcome (laughs) to the show guys holy crap
0: yeah welcome to the show uh This is our Thanksgiving episode, I would assume. Um, It's been a bit since we posted an episode, but we still got the news for y'all, and we're still here. And speaking of Thanksgiving, we're just thankful to be still doing this show. So, um, Absolutely. Let's just start off things with uh, games that we played this week. And once again, like fourth week in a row, I'm still playing State of Decay 2, still having a lot of. Uh, enjoyment out of that game. It's still really relaxing for the little bit amount of time that I actually still play games. I think that's what I like about the game. You put a lot
1: of time into that game. You put a lot yeah. of time into it. It'd be a shame. To I quit just like that you it. can
0: pick it up. Right. <laughs> I just like that you can pick it up and play for just a few minutes and it doesn't really matter where you turn it off because it's like yeah. constantly auto-saving. Um. You don't have to like get to a certain point. You don't have to complete an objective. It will just reload the objective once you load back in. So it's a really cool game to just pick up, and not worry about, you know, your save file and stuff like that. So I think it's a really fun, relaxing yeah, exactly. game. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, I I was going to talk if we would have done a show last week I was going to talk about this game E-Shade and I was probably actually going to throw some shade on E-Shade. Um, but after playing it a few more days I actually quite enjoy the game. I've actually played quite a bit of the game <laughs> and it's a it's included in Game Pass. It's a uh, you know a it's a first person RPG kind of open world ask and you basically, you talk to people to get missions and those missions allow you to do other stuff but the um, actually appeal to the game is you play as a painter and you have to paint certain paintings sometimes to appease people's needs so sometimes people will tell you that you have to talk to so and so and convince them to do such and such but other times they'll tell you that like, they'll give you so much change, you know, if you paint a sunset or a building with nothing around it. And I think that's actually the more attractive part of the game is trying to figure out um, where you're going to get the painting, is reading the description and then, you know, figuring out a good place to get that painting. So, And then on top of that, you can't just make a painting. You have to scavenge for materials to make canvas. So you have to get... um fabric, and wood to make your actual canvas. So that is oh, cool. Wow. So you're limited on how many canvases you have. So you have to make choices on, like, should I do this painting, or should I keep this one, or should I use all of my materials to do missions, you know? And uh, yeah. once you progress past the initial starting area, this is funny, because I, I played this game more than I thought I would. Um, in the next city, there is a, like, kind of, quote, bounty area, where they give you commissions where every day it posts you know paintings that you do for money and you can just do that um, so, so it is really cool the painting side of it I think the RPG running around and doing quest thing is also pretty cool I like the world that it has with a bunch of animals as people it's just anthro whatever the word is <laughs> it's just animals as anthro, humanoid shapes
1: anthropomorphic
0: Something like that. You know, a big college word. But um Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was going to bash Something on this like game because when because when we were planning <laughs> on doing a show, <laughs> when we were planning on doing a show last week, I had only played probably 30 minutes of this game, and I was rolling at the voice acting. There's some really bad recordings of voice acting. And it was made yeah. years ago, so this isn't a COVID thing. And Basically, I looked into it, and basically all it is is the fact that they had a budget. This game is not a big AAA title, and with the budget, they had to probably do a lot of recording in people's home studios, and the quality of the studios is near and far between, and you could really tell. There's a couple of characters that kind of stuck out as a sore thumb, but once you like play it long enough, you don't notice, but... Initially, it is pretty funny. There are some characters that you talk to, and it sounds like they're talking in a well when you're out in an open field. (laughs) So, there's some people when you're talking to them in a house, it sounds like it's like way too muffled. It's just weird. Like, you'll talk to two people right next to each other, and they sound like they're in, you know massively different rooms like a stadium and then like a closet so they recorded it
1: all at home and then mailed it to the guy basically
0: right and what was surprising me was a lot of this stuff can be fixed in post with not too much work so what was more surprising was not the fact that their budget constricted their recording like areas but there was no one in charge of like cleaning up the audio to make it sound like it was in the area. So that that was more surprising. But, I mean, you can't really complain with, you know, an indie game like this. Uh, it came out a few years ago. And besides that, I think it runs pretty well. There's a few frame rate issues I was seeing on the One X. Obviously, I don't have the Series X yet, so I can't test it. But the frame rate issues seemed like it was more of a um, programming thing rather than the game You know, engine pulling too hard, because uh, the game is not like the best-looking game in the world, but it's really serviceable. It's really fine, and I think it runs well. And I, I don't know. It's it's actually an enjoyable game. So there's some cool little like things that you have to do to keep progressing, and I think it was pretty satisfactory when in this genre of game, I'm used to the games being way too big. I'm used to this genre of game being like the Witcher three or something where the hope of ever reaching the end of the game is like, you know, weeks away. <laughs> it's pretty cool to see a medium sized game like this, where it's not a game you can beat in three hours, but it, I, I really don't think it's a 40 hour game. It really feels like I'm progressing better than that. So it's cool to play a game that's kind of a, you know, a medium of the, you know, pack. uh <laughs> um, Play style of RPG. It's it's a decent game. So in Game Pass, I would I'd give it a try. I saw a couple of my friends were playing it um, the day I was I downloaded it. So it I I think it's it's completely fine. I don't think there's any reason to complain about it because the only thing that is like is low bar is the <laughs> recording of some of the voice acting. But I mean that adds to its charm. It's it's way yeah, better than a, a game way. that doesn't have voice acting. Uh, where you're just reading everything, I think that's quite boring after a while. I do enjoy all of the dialogue being read, so that is impressive. This isn't one of those games where you click on a a uh, NPC and they say something like "hello" and then you have to read two paragraphs. This they actually like read Warcraft. everything that they say. Yeah, <laughs> this actually <laughs> like, this like actually World they Warcraft. read like everything.
1: Quests. Right, <laughs> I don't even read the quests anymore. I just I just click on it because there's there's waypoints that show you where to go, and so right. you know I just click on the waypoint and it says kill ten of these bad guys. So I go kill ten of the bad guys. I don't give a shit what the quest says. Just tell me what I got to do and I go do it. So yeah, I don't even read them anymore, man. If they don't read them to me, I don't bother. Why put in the effort if they're not right. going to?
0: Right. <laughs> so I think that's what's cool about this is these are actually listenable because. Some of the voice acting for even if it's bad or good is entertaining because of just how outlandish it is. There's some over the top voice acting in this game and yeah because of how underpaid voice actors are in general there are some actually known voice actors on here that have done bigger titles. So it's I think it's just the post like putting it together. I think they just didn't have that big budget guy that was editing it before the release of the game. Because I think they probably recorded a lot of these voice actors the same way they would any game. You know, where they just tell you the lines that you have to read and then you just email those lines to them or, you know, just put it in a Dropbox and then another guy edits them and makes them sound like they're in the environment. I think they just didn't have that step. (laughs) But they do have some, like, decent voice acting on it. It's just the quality is kind of laughable at first. But, I mean, once you get past that... It's cool to have all of the dialogue actually read. So, I mean, I mean, how am I going to complain about that? It's still entertaining. <laughs> but um, yeah, enough about e shade. Enough shade about e shade. But um, <laughs> I did also get to play Jedi Fallen Order for a little bit. I didn't have too much time to play it, but oh my gosh, the intro is so impressive. The environments and the visuals are just unbelievable. This is a game that. Like, it's a wet dream of my 10 year old self. I just can't believe that a Star Wars game looks like this. It's just amazing. And, um, I, I mean, I saw gameplay like a year ago when it came out, but actually playing it and experiencing how fluid it is and how well directed it is, it is so well put together. Um, I am completely, we're going to talk about the game awards later, and I am completely like, shocked that it's not nominated for game of the year i understand that it's pretty old but it was too new to be nominated last year so i i am very yeah i'm very shocked as nominated it is a very entertaining very i mean it feels like you're playing a star wars film but better i was joking with my brother-in-law that this game in the first like 30, 40 minutes of gameplay is already better than the last star Wars movie. Like by a land, <laughs> like by a mile, it <laughs> is I'm going to have to download it now. It's crazy. Like just these, the, the screenplay, the writing, the characters, the acting, it's like, you're like, why in the world are they not like letting these people work on the films? Like the films feel like diluted water, you know, the Disney films. And, um, it's yeah. This is just like it's original, it's got its own tone, but it still feels 100% Star Wars and that is just exactly what the new trilogy should have been. And I think I think it's very intelligently put together. I'm very impressed by Jedi Fallen Order and I'm happy that it's received the positive feedback that it has over the last year uh because it is it is phenomenal <laughs> i cannot i cannot uh, express that enough it's just it's just fantastic from every point of view like there's i mean even the level building the way you go through the levels is so well manufactured so that the actual cinematography of you playing it feels like a film it's just crazy like as far as gameplay i'm going to say that it's very similar to like it's like a star wars uncharted uh, mixed with maybe um, the force unleashed like it's similar to that. So I, I don't know. It's just really entertaining. And if you somehow have not played it yet, it is in game pass and it is definitely worth your time. It's a fun game. <laughs> you like, you won't be disappointed. You may have the risk of not being able to put it down, but it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, Right Speak on. of a game that I haven't given much of a chance. Well, I mean, I kind of have, but I'm kind of stuck. It's called Your Toy. It was a very cheap game. I don't know what I got it for, but it's always on sale. It's like a cheap horror title that is always on uh, Xbox's sales. So I decided to check it out, and very quickly I got stuck because you start in a room, and you have to like look around and click on things to make things open because you're trying to progress in the game and it's very, um, it doesn't guide you in any way, it doesn't hold your hand in any way so that's kind of cool but it it also doesn't help you when <laughs> you get really stuck. So I'm at a point where I think I've taken like 15 to 20 minutes and have no idea what to do um, and that just made me put the game down. I might pick it back up and see if like letting it sit for a while makes me realize what I need to do but It's a it's a uh, interesting game. I can't really have an opinion because I'm still in the first room and I don't really know how big the game is. So I'm just really saying that I played some of it and uh, it's okay. I just don't know what to do. (laughs) So um, it's just a first person horror game, I guess. And uh, supposedly there's toys that come alive that are trying to kill you or something. At least that's what it looks like. I've not seen this yet. I've just been seeing like, you know, noise scares and blood scares and, you know, vanishing things to make you feel like the game is fucking with you. But I mean, it's, it's really fine. (laughs) It hasn't been scary that much so far. So I don't know. I might pick it back up. I'll let y'all know if I play it more in the next week. But I mean, once again, if you're stuck for like 15 to 20 minutes, I mean, what's going to make you pick up the game? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that's all I played this week and last week. And what did you play this week?
1: Uh, actually, i i've been uh, I've been really looking forward to this week. Um, yeah. Uh, first thing that I one of the first things that I played uh, was uh, Destiny Two uh, Beyond um, Beyond Light. Um, I played Destiny a while back. Uh, Destiny Two uh, when it first came out. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it.
0: Like five Um, expansions ago, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, I enjoyed it and I thought it was good, you know, but it really didn't draw me in. There wasn't, you know, a lot that I really cared for on it. But uh, I heard a lot of people talking about beyond light and that how much they loved it. So I gave it a try and I got to tell you, I fell in love with it. Like within the first five minutes, it was just so much, it just seems so much different, so much more fun. Uh I, you know, I don't know uh, if it's um, maybe some of the graphic changes they made or something else, but yeah, it, it's uh it's a really fun game to play now. And um, I love uh, Europa, the, the new, the new place that you can go to the new raids, uh, the new content, all that stuff it just all seems fun. It seems legit. I love the new gearing system. Now there was a problem with loot, um, but they did bring that back, uh, due to popular demand. So, uh, the loot has been, uh, that issue has been rectified, but, um, there's a lot of things that they took out of the game, um, that you're gonna, it's just, you know, a little too much to, uh, to really, uh, get into however, what they brought to it and what they've changed it to. Um, because this isn't the first time that they've did a major overhaul of the game and, but what they have changed it to makes it feel like um it's going to be sustainable for the next until the next ex- expansion. You know what I mean? It's going to be, uh you know, until the next game or, or whatever the next destiny. So it just seems like what they've done is actually positive changes. And so far I actually like it. Um, I think it's a great game and uh, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I mean, the, the, uh, from what I understand, the I uh, power level cap is 1250. I think that's the, uh, the, uh, the major cap and I'm already at a uh, 1139. So I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Um, I moved up pretty quickly and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the crap out of it. Um. The other game that I played though is one that I've been waiting for for a long time, and that's uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands expansion. And uh, mm-hmm. man, I just—I got to tell you, I can't say enough about this game. It's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing. Now I'm just shy of uh of level fifty-three, and you start at a level fifty. The new cap is level sixty, so I'm just shy of level fifty-three, and um. This this expansion, uh, the thing I love about it is that it slams you in the face as soon as you get into the game and it's unapologetic about it. It it immediately sends you into the Ma. And the Ma is basically uh uh Azeroth's version of of hell. Um it's it's uh you know, like it's got that that weird kind of tint to it. You know what I mean? The ma it's everything has that weird kind of feel and vibe about it, where it's, it's supposed to be for the most uh, um, evil and bad um, people. But for some reason uh, everybody is going there. Um, everyone is being sent to the ma and instead of being sent to where they're supposed to be going. So, Uh, I geeked out big time because um, when I first got sent to the Maw, um, Thrall was there. Now Thrall is the, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the original leader of the horde and uh, uh, you get to fight alongside of him and Jaina Proudmore, And it's just, it's, it's like uh, a major geek fest is what it is. And uh, I was nerding out. Uh, I did a, um, a uh, a quick stream on it. And I mean, I was smiling the entire time during all the cutscenes and everything else. (laughs) It was just, it was just so much fun. And it's, it feels like uh, it feels like you're watching a blockbuster is what it is. It's, I think they've done great things with the expansion. And I, I mean uh, some of the new stuff that they've added, it just makes you think that, you know, there's so much they can add to it now that there's so many different directions that they could go in and keep this story going. And it's been, it's been playing for 16 years. And, uh, I'm telling you, I, uh, I, I think that this game is going to keep going for a very long time because what they've done to it and the story that they've added to it just makes you want to play it more. The, uh, the villain, the jailer, uh, one of the main protagonists in the game, besides, uh, besides, um, Sylvanas, who basically has, you know, got the Alliance and the Horde fighting together to get her, um, yeah, which is just totally fucking cool. I love that part of it. Uh, It's just it's I just love playing the game again, dude. This is the best expansion in my even through three levels. To me, this is the best expansion so far since uh, Wrath of the Lich King and that's been quite a while. And um <clears throat> yeah, I just man, I mean literally when we get done I'm probably going to be getting back on it. And I've already been leveling three different characters in three different realms. So, yeah, it's uh, each one of them is right around 53, so they're right around the same place. But yeah, man, I just can't say enough about it. If you if you haven't ever played World of Warcraft and you want to jump into this new game, uh I recommend you get the new game with the boost to get yourself to level 50 and and start playing because it, yes there are some grindy times in there but the story and the cutscenes are so freaking cool now they are so neat that uh yeah yeah it's um it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And just when you think people are safe, they're not safe. And it twists and it turns so far, even in just three levels. So, yeah, I'm totally captivated by this expansion. And yeah, I recommend it 100 percent.
0: Cool. Yeah, that sounds it uh, <laughs> sounds right up your alley. I just I just haven't gotten into, you know, wow yet. But I need to at some point, you know.
1: Oh man, it is so cool. The raids, the raids and the dungeons are mm-hmm. just going to be so neat. And um I actually got the chance to uh uh have I started my first alliance character. Um since I originally played now I, I played an alliance character way back in the day uh the end of 2004, 2005 uh, right at the beginning. And uh I played for about 30 minutes and then I switched to Horde. But so this is my first legit um, uh, Alliance character. So I have a level 53 um, Alliance Death Knight, uh, Night Elf. And uh, dude, I'm telling you, uh, I joined this guild that in uh, the realm of uh, Kel'Thuzad. Now, Kel'Thuzad is completely full. It's really hard to get into this realm and uh, basically server and uh so i got on it and i got in this really good guild with uh a lot of these big streamers man so yeah i'm really excited it's going to be a lot of fun um i get to go on these raids finally with some people that are you know that just basically tell you hey just come in and do your job they don't care if you're the best or not you just have fun so it's going to be a lot of fun man because i've been looking forward to something like this I've, I've soloed most of the 16 years i've soloed uh playing on wow and wow is a very social game so i'm excited about this whole new part of it and this new chapter being part of a guild and and doing all that it's gonna be a lot of fun man it really is cool
0: um and if that's all we have to talk about games that we played we can just head on to the news right yeah okay Okay. So the first story I have is about, uh, 13. Um, it's stylized X I I I. Um, it was a remake of a game that came out over 10 years ago. Um, I was not really familiar with this game because when it came out, I don't quite remember anyone actually talking about it. I was a lot younger though. Um, and so hearing that there was a remake, I was kind of surprised because I'd never had heard of it. And, um, It was also just one of the more overlooked remakes. Um, I feel like there were a set of fans that were excited about it, but it wasn't like, you know, a Spyro or (laughs) Crash Bandicoot remake type thing. Uh, There weren't people going crazy about it. But needless to say, uh, when it finally did release this month, there was a lot of negative attention about the game. A lot of people said that it was in ways it ran worse than the original. Um, there's people that say that it loses the style of the original, which was way more comic booky, y And um, so it's got a lot of negative reviews online. And what's interesting is the developers came out and said that they are going to fix a lot of these issues, that they're like pledging to put patches out and make the game a lot more what they wanted it to be. And they're even quoted in saying that they, too, were disappointed and that it does not meet the standards that they were wanting for the game. And that makes me wonder, hmm. why didn't they just delay the game? They, they cited things like um,
1: corporate push, COVID perhaps.
0: affecting the development of it and that they had a crunch and they couldn't finish the game in time. And that's why it looks the way it does. But there's a lot of other studios that are delaying titles because of that. In addition to that, this is not a big studio. So it isn't like a lot is running on this game. You know, a lot is riding on this. So if they would have said that it was delayed half a year, I don't think anyone would have been surprised. And I think everyone would have just understood that that's just the state of development right now. So it's really weird to see big companies like Nintendo and Bethesda actually taking the time to finish games now, and even Cyberpunk actually like pushing back release dates. And then a title that's a yeah. lot smaller, made by a lot smaller studio, just releasing something unfinished, and then acting like their hands were tied. So I don't know. It's weird because a lot of people are just used to that bullet being bit, and... um. I don't know. It's it's just weird. It feels like they were trying to get away with just releasing it and hoping people would like it. And then when they saw the negative feedback, they were like, "Oh, we uh we didn't have enough time and we didn't want to release it yet, but we had to." Because that doesn't seem like the opinion they would have said if it was, you know, met with positive feedback. <laughs> um they probably wouldn't have even put patches out. But because it has such a negative, you know, reception, I think they're realizing that they probably made a mistake and should have actually put more work into it. So this may be a case of the irony of a smaller company means less people noticing issues. Uh, Something like, you know, Bethesda or Nintendo, when there's a lot of people looking at something, you know, someone along the way is going to be like, this needs more time because this is not coming together as quickly as y'all were hoping, is it? You know, And then once you say that, a lot of people are like, yeah, probably we need more time and we're probably going to have to actually release a statement about that. But if it's a small like development team and they're just all in closed doors and they're just communicating with a few people saying, yeah, like, yeah, we'll meet the deadline, no problem. Um, then it just releases and everyone's like, why didn't you act like, you know, it wasn't ready? I, I think this is a case of less people looking at it actually made it, made it like, them fool themselves into thinking the game was ready. You get what I'm saying? But, um, yeah. So, so it is interesting because you think that this type of, you know, developer would have more control over delaying a game, but it turns out that I think they were in such a vacuum that, you know, (laughs) it was not even noticed that it wasn't up to the standards that everyone was hoping, you know, So uh, look for patches for that game, or maybe not. We'll see if they come through with their promises, but it's an interesting game. Like I've looked up the trailers. I've looked up some gameplay. It doesn't look bad, but I was also not a fan of the original. I feel like the people that are complaining are fans of the original, and maybe they didn't expect that most of the people that bought it were going to be fans of the original. Maybe they thought that they were catering to a 80% new audience, and then that failed. So you don't really know what the whole story is. All we know is that the people who did purchase the game were disappointed and that the developers are trying to appease them as quick as possible. So we'll see how that all works out in the upcoming months. Um, Some really good news for Mario All-Stars. Mario All-Stars had a bunch of features that people were surprised were not in it on launch. And they finally added a feature that should have been in the game at launch. They added GameCube controller support. That way you can play Mario Sunshine the correct way. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of button mapping that doesn't make any sense on the Switch because of the controller layout. Um, And it's going to be a lot easier to play with a GameCube, GameCube controller. Of course, you have to use the GameCube controller adapter for the Switch. But I mean, like this this just could have been in on launch. They just like didn't have it because they didn't put any effort into the original launch. <laughs> um, so this is cool that it's being added because that's the way Mario Sunshine should be played, so having GameCube controller support is awesome. Um, that being said, let me see what else I got. I got a little bit more Nintendo news. Uh, Animal Crossing announces... Uh, that it's going to have the ability to move islands or villagers uh, on November 19th. So that has already passed. But um, basically, what this means is that you can now move your island that you've been working on to a new Switch, which has been an issue because they were so... Leading up to the release, like a year before it came out, we were already talking about how they were saying that there was going to be no cloud saves. They were saying that you could not move... Have more than one island per switch, so being able to move your island is a great improvement. This is something that a lot of people will want if they're like upgrading their switch to like maybe one that's not damaged, like say they had like a cracked screen or something. This will be really nice that they could actually move their island without having to restart their Animal Crossing.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> exactly. a lot
0: of people that have put in way too many hours to even imagine restarting, so. That's that's really cool that they've added that. That's something that's been needed, so Nintendo is on the ball with doing the things that should have already been in the games. <laughs> um, also, I didn't put this in my notes, but Animal Crossing does have a Thanksgiving event that's going on right now, and they're also saying that there's going to be like a Christmas event, but I think it's called something like Toy Day or something, so it's very non-religious uh, related with that name. But... Um, yeah, there's going to be events for the next two holidays and it's cool that they're still adding support for Animal Crossing to people that already own it. You know, this isn't a paid service, you know. They're just adding new content to the most popular game on the Switch, you know, next to Yep. Mario Kart. But the thing is this has way more replayability than Mario Kart if they if they made a graph of hours played by people that owned games on the switch. I'm sure animal crossing would blow everything out of the water because even though it has slightly less cells than, than a Mario Kart right now, I know it has more hours, (laughs) Um, but yeah. So Nintendo. Yeah. it would be cool to see that though. I wish they would publish that. I'm not sure if that's like info that they're allowed to publish because it'd be everyone's private data. (laughs) <laughs> but it would be cool to see how long people had played every game on the Switch, you know. Um, Some bad news for PlayStation. Let's jump on that. Seems like every week um, I've seen some YouTubers and some people on Twitter joking that the PlayStation 5 is currently in its beta testing because everyone that owns one right now is basically its beta testers uh, as far as... System crashes due to too large of games, um, save files, all sorts of things. Um, the PS5 is running into tons of issues because of the generation gap. And I guess the fact that they're trying to pretend that there's not a generation gap at the same time, I don't really know. But anyway, the PS5 um, made a little bit of news last week when they announced that there would be no save backups To PlayStation 5 games without PS Plus. So you cannot save your games to like USB drive to back up your saves. You have to be subscribed to PlayStation Plus to have save backups. Now this sounds really bad because on paper that's just like, wow, that's really shitty that they don't allow you to back up your games without paying for you know PS Plus. But the thing is, I think it's been I think it's I think it's almost come to be expected that to have cloud services by uh, modern consoles, you have to pay for subscriptions. <laughs> so, if you don't yeah. have PS Plus and you're using your PlayStation just for single player games and you can't back up your games, that does suck. But I mean, primarily, most users are probably playing Call of Duty online at least once or twice. And that's going to require, you know, internet access, which requires PS Plus. So most people will have PS Plus. It's just that small yeah. P- it's that small group of people that almost fit my criteria where you just use the game as a single player console. Um, that is disappointing because that is one of the attractions to the PlayStation is that it has a lot of good single player games. But um, most most people that only have a PlayStation and don't have an alternative are going to play a multiplayer game. I know it sounds crazy that I'm saying most people have friends, but most people do have a friend, <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's very it's very hard to believe that uh, that many people will actually be upset about this, because I'm sure PS Plus has a very large subscriber base compared to how many units that they sell of the consoles. Um I'm sure, I'm sure it's a very small gap because most people need, you know, the online services. Even even to play Fortnite, I believe you would need PS Plus because it's an online multiplayer. So even a free game like Fortnite, you would still have to pay for that. So um, yeah, I don't think this is gonna be that big of an issue. It is just interesting that they're not allowing you to do that. I don't believe it's them trying to block you from saving your games on a USB drive. I think it is just one of the hundreds of, hundreds of things that Sony did not have ready when the PlayStation 5 launched. Because there's a lot of stuff that it seems like they didn't test, and there's a lot of stuff that they didn't add. And there's a lot of stuff that they added and a lot of people didn't notice. I was reading last week, I didn't put this in my notes either, but I was reading last week that people started noticing that their DualSense controllers were charging when the PlayStation 5 was off. And this was a feature that you would assume would always be there, but it wasn't at launch. <laughs> so at least a week or two after the PS5 came out, they did a patch where your controller can now charge from the USB ports when it's you know in rest mode. And this is just something that people just assumed it didn't do. <laughs> people weren't even complaining about it. It's just the fact that Sony hadn't yet finished the system as far as like software goes. That's crazy to me. Yeah, that um, is crazy. I really feel like I feel like PlayStation could have pushed back their release. The more and more I'm seeing scalpers uh try to sell these PlayStation 5s and the fact that no one can get any um and the memes about people reselling them for like services and stuff. Um I just feel like this could have been delayed. I understand that everyone wants their console by Christmas, but I feel like there's a large percentage of people that are not going to have it. So it's becoming one of those things where it's just a flex to have one. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, it's very sloppy and a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people are really getting insulted by the fact that PlayStation is paying for advertisement for the PS four right now when the PS 5s out. And, um, I would be too, especially if I was like waiting to get a PlayStation five and, um, you just were opening Facebook up and seeing ads for the PS4, you'd be like, well, I already have one of those. I wish I could get the thing that, you know, they just released, but they don't make enough, you know? Um, yeah, I'd be pissed off, too. Like, I even see that Black Friday has some PS4 controller bundles where it comes with FIFA with a PS4 controller. I mean, that's really cool for someone who is stuck in last generation because they can't get the PS5. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it is really insulting, and I see that as being annoying. In addition to that, the console isn't even ready. Like, in addition to the fact that they don't have enough units and they can't make enough, you know, blame it on COVID, blame it on whatever. I mean, they knew this ahead of time that they couldn't make enough. And in addition to that, the software side's not even ready. So, I mean, I feel like you could have had one of them. (laughs) And the fact that it is like such... Yeah, it's such a clumsy launch. And yes, it's doing very well and selling out everywhere. everywhere. But I mean, it's still clumsy. You can't say it's not clumsy. And um, I don't know. It's just disappointing. And um, I don't know. That's really all I have to say about it. But on that same topic, um, there are a bunch of websites that are offering the service to pay them to make their bots Purchase you a PS5. Yeah. Have you read this stuff?
1: I've been kind of looking into it. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's
0: it's crazy. So if you've ever tried to buy a PS5 and noticed that it immediately disappears, uh, it's most likely been grabbed by a bot. And there are services now from an example is one called Crep Chief Notify. Uh, They offer $40 to $530 to use basically a bot to purchase things. And a lot of people are using it for the PlayStation five. And that's just annoying because now it's becoming to the point where not only are bots grabbing up all of the purchases and pre-orders, but now humans have to rent bots to be those bots to compete with bots. (laughs) Because, um, because people are, people are, actually paying ebayers like multiple thousands of dollars for these PlayStation fives. And that's just crazy. Yeah. It's
1: ridiculous. And, yeah. and
0: people are willing to do it because as I said, it's the flex to have it already is such a flex on other people. It's like, it's like have having that car, or having those gold chains, you got that PS five yep. that no one else can touch. And, uh, it's, it's insane. Um, <laughs> And I guess I guess what's funny is people are willing to pay $500 for a bot to, I guess, have a chance at competing with other bots for a purchase. So that means people are willingly paying over $1,000 for a PlayStation 5 not bought off of eBay. So that makes you wonder... I wonder if PlayStation just would have released the PS5 for $1,000. Like, Would they be, Would they have been able to keep it in stock, or would we have the same issue as we have now?
1: <laughs> oh, we'd have <laughs> or the same would, issue. I guarantee it.
0: The thing is, if they would have released it with it, the... Dude. If they released it with the MSRP of $1,000, I think a lot of people would have been pissed off by the price and not wanted it. I think there are people under the impression that I think the fact that it's cheap and it's hard to find, people are paying way more than the MSRP because they see other people getting it. If it was $1,000, I think a lot of people would have avoided it. And then maybe it wouldn't have been as sought after. So it is interesting that people are willing to pay an amount that I feel like they would have been pissed off if it was the actual amount, <laughs> which is crazy because they're, they're 100% willing to pay 1500 to $2,000 for you know, a PS5, but it's just crazy. I mean, if you're one of those people selling them, I mean, I guess you're rolling in the money, but still shame on you because it's just so dirty for people to want to buy one and then bots just claimed them all. So I don't know. It's it's crazy everywhere, everywhere around it. It's crazy, but Let let me talk about something really quick. Uh, Since I'm talking about the PlayStation 5, um, I was going to talk about this because I was kind of excited about it, but then I got pissed off because I think the whole thing may be a joke, and that pisses me off. Have you seen the Philadelphia Cream Cheese Series 5? (laughs) No. So, Philadelphia Cream Cheese released a parody uh, video of the... Console launches of the Series X and the PlayStation 5, where they're saying that the most exciting thing to open up on Christmas Day is the Philadelphia (laughs) Cream Cheese (laughs) Series 5, which is basically a tin box with a bunch of cream cheese in it. I think it has some like cookie sheets and stuff. And basically, it's the stuff to make like a cream cheese version of, you know, the PlayStation 5 almost. It's trying to be in between to both consoles, but it's pretty (laughs) hilarious. They even have their own website. And when I clicked on it, I said, man, I've got to get this. They're like five bucks. And I want to talk about it on the show. And I want to say I reserved it. And I want to put it together and then talk about it. This is really cool. And I think this is a really clever joke for just like five bucks. Like, that sounds awesome. So I clicked on the purchase now. And it said, please wait two days to purchase. I was like, that's really funny. They sold out. So, you have to be in line, just like, you know, the PlayStation 5. Like, you know, it's always sold out. Yeah. So, I waited. I set an alarm for the exact second that it would be available. And then I waited for that clock to hit zero seconds on their website. And immediately, it changed to a week. <laughs> there was not a single second where I could have purchased it. And that immediately made me think, did I just get, like, rickrolled? Like, did I just get totally punked into thinking that this thing was real? And the thing is, I'm seeing everywhere that it's real. Everyone's saying that they ordered them and that they're coming in. But the fact that it went from zero seconds to purchase to a week just made me feel like that was, like, even more of an in-joke. And I'm a little concerned that (laughs) it's still a joke. I'm really hoping it's real. I have an alarm set for the next time they're available, I'm definitely going to try again, but if bots keep claiming all my Philadelphia, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It, it was really it was really funny, and I thought it has really funny ads, and it's an interesting product, and I think it's something that would be really cool to like show people years from now and be like, hey, there was this console war, and Philadelphia Cream Cheese made a parody of it, and this is just a ridiculous item that I got. And I think that would be really cool to like this memorabilia, you know, to hold on to. And the fact that it could absolutely, if it could like not be real, I'm going to be really pissed off. (laughs) If I like, if this isn't real, everyone needs to just like totally attack Philadelphia Cream (laughs) Cheese's Twitter because this is, this is a very bad joke if it's not real because it looks cool. It's, it's got its own, it's got its own uh, baking, uh, pan that you make it in like it just makes sense it's a good looking product if you go to the website it has the thing where it tears it down to show you all of its features just like you know a console it's a really funny website um just go to Philadelphia philadelphiaseries5.com <laughs> or something it's really funny um i didn't put that in my news but let me see if i have anything else that's real news I do want to get your reaction to it if you're watching it.
1: Did you look up the Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm trying to.
0: Okay, let me look. Let me talk about the next point while you look it up. Uh, the next point is that Doom Eternal has canceled Switch physical sales. A lot of places like GameStop are sending people refunds for their, you know, pre-orders for the physical copy of Doom Eternal on the Switch. Now this has been a port that has been promised since its announcement, and it's been over six months since the game came out on all other consoles. But the Doom Eternal team actually reached out to IGN and ended up telling them that Doom Eternal was going to be only digital on the Switch, at least initially. But the fact that they are canceling the pre-orders make it feel like it's only going to be digital, you know, Forever. <laughs> so this this brings up an interesting issue. Uh, Doom Eternal would be a huge game to be on the Switch. It's a very massive title. And this makes me think that maybe they are opting out of the physical copies because of how expensive the cartridge would be. So I'm thinking they're thinking that there is a higher profit ratio if they just go digital. And I think that's smart. A lot of um, people that purchase on the Switch now are going digital anyway because of convenience. So I don't think Doom Eternal needs a physical copy on the Switch, basically because of its size. So um, it would make more sense to release on an SD card <laughs> than it would on one of their cartridges. So I think this is a smart move. It's just disappointing that they didn't say this a year ago, which they probably should have done. Um, so a lot of people are going to be receiving refunds for the physical copies that won't be made. But Doom Eternal is still supposed to come out on the Switch, but just digital. So um, did you did you find that website? <laughs> did you find the website for the uh, cream cheese?
1: Oh, yeah. I looked at it. I looked at it. Stupid, yeah, right? Somebody was at the front door, too. Yeah, I think it's awesome, dude. I think it's a cool thing. You're basically buying the pan is what it is. Yeah. And it comes with and some, they, they, and you get the recipe.
0: Yeah. I think it makes sense. It's, it's a fun idea. I just yeah. think it'd be cool to, to have it.
1: <laughs> it makes a, it makes a little cheesecake.
0: Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Let me see yeah, if I have anything I else. Oh, th- this is a story that did change since I originally put it in my notes. So a week ago, I was going to talk about uh, Demon Souls having a secret door that was not in the original. So the remake that just came out on the PS5, there's a door that people noticed that is not in the original. So immediately people were wondering how to open it because it was locked. And a lot of people suspected that this secret would last for like maybe some months or something before people could open it, but no. Within a week, people figured out how to open it, and basically, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically it has uh, really good loot behind it, and it takes multiple playthroughs to get to the door being opened. So that's, that's why it took a week, is the game, you cannot get it the first time you go through the game the things yeah. required to open this door, you have to play through the game multiple times. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy uh, oh, wow. that someone already figured out how to open the door, especially since it takes as much work as it does. But you can look up how to open it online if you're curious. Um, it is interesting that within the time that I wrote the notes, it already was solved. Um <laughs> so the secret door is not so secret anymore it is now publicly open and that that's just crazy that demon souls the the dark souls uh community is so crazy and so good at those games that uh, yeah a lot of people are suspecting yeah, that it would have been open pretty they quick. absolutely are so yeah and that's my last story that i have before i hand it off to you but um I think it was a pretty good week as far as stories go. I mean, I feel like controversies yeah. are a lot less because everyone's up in arms about the PlayStation 5 not being released the way they wanted it to. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll hand it off to you.
1: Uh, well, I got you know my normal bit of news. There's some uh, funky stuff and some really cool stuff. Uh, but uh, one of the weirdest things that I found is there's a, a luxury uh, clothing company called uh, Balenciaga. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, they have a new clothing collection coming out, but how they're doing it is they're they're <laughs> they're debuting their clothing collection in a video game. And this comes out on December 6th. It's called Afterworld, The Age of Tomorrow. And um, it's, uh, well, from what they're saying in this uh, story here, is an allegorical adventure that's set in the year 2031. Um, You go through, uh, uh, basically, you go through distinct zones and stuff. You do different tasks, interactions. Uh, It's not really detailed as far as description of the game. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's basically that's the same thing you do in almost any other game. But uh, it's the main focus is probably the close. You know, it probably isn't the game. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, that's really if weird you're into fashion <laughs> and uh, you want to play a video game uh, go get yourself afterworld the age of tomorrow which is out on december 6th and you can see the balance yaga new fashion line and new clothing collection yeah just thought that was a weird <laughs> little story this is a really well, weird talk story. <laughs> it really is. Uh, what? Uh, here's something cool, man. A lot of people have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and uh, a lot of people are ex- extremely happy. I have heard nothing but good things about this game. Um, a lot of people are having fun with it and whatnot. Well, there's a new update coming out so that on all next-gen consoles, this is going to be able to run at 60 FPS, period. That is really cool. Wow. Uh, the they're they it it sounds to me like they really don't have a lot of stuff that they need to uh, uh uh patch in this game. I've heard I haven't really heard a lot of bad things going on with it. Um and uh yeah, so uh Thursday they have the new uh update. It's uh, uh patch 1.0.4 that's coming out through Ubisoft and it's um it's called a performance mode. And what it does is it lets the game adapt the resolution to maintain 60 while they're playing and a quality mode, which will max out at 30. Um, so you can set it to 30, but if you just leave it on its own, you know, in performance mode, you it just maxes out at 60 frames per second. you You're just cruising right along. So I don't think that's really going to be an issue anyway with uh, the next gen consoles. I think they, from what everything that I've heard, uh, uh, at least with Xbox anyway, they're able to uh, run it no problem. And uh, I haven't heard any issues from any Xbox owners that I know, or or PlayStation for that matter. So, um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's really cool that uh, to see this is already uh, this is already going on. With these uh, next gen games, that they're just making it to where it's just going to run flat out 60 frames per second, no matter what. So, anyway, that's a cool little piece of news for you if you're interested in Valhalla. Uh, on to other stuff Monster Hunter. We talked about this uh, that uh, Monster Hunter movie that was uh, coming out with uh, Mila uh, uh I believe she was in, um, wasn't she in Afterworld or Underworld? or was she Resident Evil?
0: Um she, she was maybe. in Resident Evil.
1: Yes, Resident Evil. Well, now the movie content is coming to the game. Uh this is kind of cool. You can actually play her uh in the game. Uh now the movie they're saying doesn't look like, you know, it's 100% true and faithful uh uh to the game. Um yeah, because she is actually a uh, U.S. Army soldier. So it's not like you're on this other world, you know, uh, doing their thing. Uh, but basically. Uh, with Iceborne that comes out, um, this is DLC that comes out next month. Uh, you'll be able to add. uh, um, uh Dip the uh, ev- things from the movies. Uh, there's two monsters that are featured in the movie. One's called a, a black Diablos and the greater Rathalos. Uh, those are going to be in the movies. There's a, a special bonus item that they're not talking about yet. Um, you get to play captain Artemis, which is uh uh, uh, uh character. And um, yeah. So uh they're going to add this movie stuff to the uh, game, which I think is kind of cool. Um, It's a little disappointing though, that the uh, movie is not an actual adaptation of the game, because I think people want to see a lot more of that. However, um, it is cool that they're doing the cross promotion. It's only going to be good for business, obviously. And uh, seeing the two new monsters, that's going to be kind of cool because I do like, I I don't play this game, uh, but I do like watching videos of it. I, I think the people that do enjoy it and know how to play it are. Are pretty damn good at it. I I just couldn't get the feel for it, but uh, yeah, man, that's kind of neat. Uh, for those who are Monster Hunter Worlds, uh, junkies such as our friend Z Warrior G, uh, able he uh loves playing this game, so I'm pretty sure this is something he's going to be into. Uh, next little piece of news I've got here is Sony is um developing a PlayStation 5 VR set um that has uh, LED lighting. Mm-hmm. and has something called haptic feedback. Uh, this is going to be kind of cool from some of the things that I've seen with these commercials uh, with the new VR. I think it was Oculus 2, Quest 2. Um, just amazing uh, with, with uh, uh, the things that they're developing with VR. It's just really, really neat. Um, now, the patent is uh, entitled The Pressure Sensing to Identify Fitness and Comfort of Virtual Reality Headset. And that's what, uh, uh, I think the haptic, uh, sensor is about. It's, a like a pressure sensitive, uh, uh, device is from what I'm understanding. I may be, uh, um, misunderstanding it, but cause mm-hmm. from what I'm understanding is that it, this is, uh, it distributes the pressure over certain points of your head and it senses that. So uh, uh, it makes it for comfort for a long time wearing, I guess that's one of the things that um, uh, was the issue that if it was too tight or too loose, that it caused discomfort over time and people couldn't uh, uh, play the game. And also it uh, would contribute to incorrect tracking of data. So what they're saying is that this, this, uh, 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 haptic, uh, feedback, um, is for basically, uh, sensing the, the, uh, pressure and the, the setting of the headset so that it stays on your head properly so that you do get proper feedback and proper, uh, uh, you're able to wear it, um, uh, comfortably for long periods of time and, uh, if it doesn't fit right, it actually gives you, from what I'm reading, also information on how you can be able to wear it more comfortably, uh, either displayed visibly or through <laughs> built-in speakers. So, yeah, man, it's kind of cool. Uh, this thing is gonna be um, so it just able to. Uh,
0: it just tells you in your ears, you have a weird shape- shaped head. You have a weird shaped yeah. head.
1: <laughs> it just tells you. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your head is too large to use VR. <laughs> Thereby, go ahead. Oh my god.
1: What would, it, what would it say to Rocky Dennis? Uh so yeah. I probably should you might want to edit that out. Um it just so yeah, it's gonna be a new headset. It's basically a smart headset, uh, which I think is uh kind of cool. You know, it's um it's gonna be uh uh using the VR tracking you know, system that they've just patented also. And, uh, they said something also they've registered a patent for a PSVR with camera. So yeah, this may be a part of that whole deal, but yeah, PS five VR headset, is going to be more of a smart headset. It's going to be able to track your wearing and how you're, you know, if it fits you actually comfortably or not. So yeah, I think it's just a good thing. Um, What do we got here I don't know what this is it just
0: it's just you put it on your head and it just starts saying that you can't use a vr with your pets it's like telling you to take it off of an animal and saying it only works on humans it's like please don't use your vr with your animal the vr
1: headset is not used on hippopotamus <laughs> <laughs> it see
0: some people getting really mad
1: <laughs> oh my god uh next thing that i want to talk about is there's an xbox app uh that they're developing um th- this is supposed to be coming out for uh the tv uh phil spencer uh says that he thinks that the um the xbox is going to release a smart tv app that's used to Uh, play games and this is within the next 12 months he's speculating um, and there's no console required. Um, This is probably something that they're, I would assume that they're going to use through the uh, uh, the cloud, the X cloud. Uh, Mm -hmm. Basically you'll be able to stream the game right to your TV. Um, This is going to be crazy. This means to me that TVs are probably going to be having you know, video cards and all that in them that are high enough, uh, to be able to run this stuff, which I don't think would be a problem really. Do you, because you're running it, uh, because it's you're just needing to something. stream. You're, yeah. Yeah. It just so has you'll to be, be a little bit better 4K than 4K based game. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be able to play 4k games on your, on your TV and, you know, not even need the console. I think it's a great idea, you know, with the subscription cost. It's, um, it just makes a lot of sense. And, uh, Microsoft getting on top of this I think is going to put them ahead of a lot of people um to be honest with you uh, uh other platforms are going to jump into it of course Sony's going to jump into it and whatnot but I think I honestly think that Microsoft is going to lead the way on this because of uh how I've heard you know uh their uh everybody is satisfied so far with what they've tested so I I, I yeah I I just think it's a good thing man I think this is an awesome idea, especially for people who can't afford the console. You know what I mean? If you just want to stream the game, you know, you you can just stream the game, and uh, you know, you should be able to. I would assume you should be able to use your uh, controller, correct?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, you should. But the thing is, there are things like um, Amazon Luna and. Oh yeah. Google Stadia that are trying more Wi-Fi based controllers, I think. It'd be really cool if um Xbox released some sort of adapter so that you could connect all of your already existing Xbox controllers to your router rather than yeah. to a device, you know. That would be cool if they made a Wi-Fi adapter, you know, but not just that you plug into the controller, but something that you like You know you set up on your desk you know
1: um next thing i gotta talk about is there's a uh you know call of duty black ops cold war is out it's a beautiful game i don't know if you've seen any of it played uh it's the graphics and the high-end ray tracing and stuff i'm watching with some of the people that are playing uh, uh playstation 5 that have it and um it just looks awesome uh There are, uh, some issues though. There was a, a bug, um, with a graphical error and it comes with the new, new, the, uh, well, the return of the Nuketown map. Uh, basically this thing was happening where, uh, players started falling through maps and, uh, the, um, You know, there's, there's like some minor glitches in the, in the floor, you know, you're, there's some videos that come out, there's some clips out about it and it, it looks like giant pixels are all of a sudden start scattering, you know, everywhere where people are standing and, uh, and it doesn't do anything when you're, you're standing on it. And then all of a sudden everything comes, starts coming into uh bright different colors, flashing greens, pinks, blues, all sorts of different colors. And, uh, it looks really weird. I'm looking at one of the clips right now and it looks like, uh, it looks like a uh, graffiti is painted all over the ground and uh, the colors on the weapons keep flashing different colors and whatnot. And um, it's it just like, all of a sudden the sky starts turning like a psychedelic, rainbow weird and it's flashing everywhere so what they're saying is this is actually causing some problems with some people and i guess it's caused some seizures with uh, people with epilepsy Um, so you want to definitely watch out for this glitch if you have those kind of problems this is what's going on right now i'm watching a clip right now and it's just absolutely unplayable Uh, uh, it almost looks like you're watching the game through predator's eyes you know what i mean yeah (laughs) It's it's really weird, and it's flashing everywhere and then really distorted, tearing. Uh, it's very, 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 very bad. So um, in that map, yeah, that's one of the things. But apparently, they're going to be fixing it. Uh, of course, there's always going to be bugs. you know. So uh, Treyarch is working on getting that fixed. And um, yeah, so be careful. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, oh. Resident Evil 3, man. There's a rumor that it is... Resident Evil Revelations 3 is allegedly in development and, uh, and that Resident Evil Outrage, um, they're saying is actually a switch centered Resident Evil 3 Revelations in the making. So, uh, people were talking about that Resident Evil Outrage was coming out, uh, and, uh, It was codenamed that, but they're saying that it is actually Resident Evil Revelations 3, that it was just codenamed Resident Evil Outrage so that it would throw people off. And um, yeah, so uh, now there's a list of four games that are coming out over the next four years. This is the supposed list. Okay, You have Resident Evil Outrage, then Resident Evil Outrage. Biohazard Apocalypse, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and Resident Evil Hank. So, Mm -hmm. Capcom has only confirmed Resident Evil 8 as early as 2021, but Resident Evil Outrage is allegedly releasing in the fourth quarter of 2021. So, it is still just a rumor, but uh, it's a big possibility that uh, this is what they're doing. So... Be on the lookout for Resident Evil 3 revelations. Last thing I want to talk about is this is kind of a cool thing. We've all been waiting for Cyberpunk 2077 to come out. Everybody knows that there's been all sorts of uh, you know um, uh, delays in it. And you, know, you and I have talked about how, well, I personally think it's a good thing that they do these delays when they realize that there's something wrong with the game, especially something that is as high profile as this. Um, but here's a cool thing that's going to be coming in the game. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 obviously has uh, people from all over the world in it. It's going to be futuristic, etc. Well, there's a little piece of tech that's in the game that will let you auto translate. It's an auto translation mod. So people that are speaking foreign languages in the game is going to let you auto translate what they're saying. And that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it showed one of the recent trailers actually showed this and it's <laughs> Um, and it's called an auto-translator mode for the game's various languages. And uh, uh, yeah, so I think it's kind of cool, man, that they're going to be able to do this. It's going to make it, um, uh, you're, you know, there's other things where you're going to be able to switch off the nudity, so you don't have to look at that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of choices that are coming with this game. We've seen a, a ton of them. We've talked about a lot of them from genitalia to pubic hair, for Christ's sake. But
0: Yeah, we, we don't get to uh, talking about that for sure.
1: Yeah, we don't get tired of talking (laughs) about it at all. Um, But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is just a new little thing that they're going to be able to do with it, auto-translation. I think it's cool. I think it's needed in games like these. Um, It's going to make it, uh, you know, a lot more playable for everybody if you think about it. So, yeah. Uh, But that is all I have, guys. It's been a little bit of a slow week. I mean, these are all brand-new stories that I got today. Uh, um, So... That's all I got for you. Sweet.
0: Um, Let's discuss our topic for the day. That is not that crazy long of a topic. It's just discussing the games that are nominated for game of the year. As far as the game awards go, the actual official, the game awards, not any game awards. (laughs) So the nominations are interesting. Um, First off there's Animal Crossing, then there's Last of Us Part 2, uh Doom Eternal, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Hades is the surprising one. So obviously,
1: yeah, interesting.
0: I, I'm thinking un- the underdog is Hades. Hades is a kind of retro style um game. It's yeah. not even I think it's 20 bucks. It's not even like a huge title. So it's It's pretty cool that that's on there. I do know there's a lot of people that are pulling for it because they feel like it was an unappreciated game. Um, But I I really would doubt it would win. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, the most popular title in those games is Animal Crossing. Um, I think Animal Crossing has the largest player base and audience. But the issue with Animal Crossing is it doesn't like present much as far as the story goes. <laughs> you know, it's more of just a enjoyable, well-made game. Um, yeah. The ch- My choice, if I had to choose, I would choose uh, Last of Us Part 2. Uh, something to note is that Last of Us Part 2 did win the Golden Joystick Award for Game of the Year. Uh, and that was just this week. So the Golden Joystick Award is voted by players so it is a it's like a poll based awards ceremony it's not a staff of people like uh the game awards you know uh, i forget what um what the counterpart is to the academy awards that is i guess it's the people choice awards so yeah the joystick award is, is like yeah. the people's choice awards Um, So that's not saying that Last of Us 2 is definitely going to win. Um, That just means that even though the game was really controversial when it came out, um, it still has a lot of people that really like it. So that is interesting that it it won. I was very surprised that the golden joystick didn't go to Animal Crossing because that is not controversial and probably more popular than Last of Us Part 2. It could be that a lot of animal crossing players don't even participate in like the golden joystick awards and stuff. It could be that they're not as gosh, that's really bad to say. It's not that they're, they're less hardcore gamers because that's not true, but because the switch is more popular and a lot more people play it, it opens doors to people that may not be involved in every corner of the gaming community. I think that's the safe way to say it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Animal Crossing is not, it's not that you're not a gamer if you play Animal Crossing. I just think it's so popular and on such a popular console, it's probably played by a lot of people that are not 100%, you know, in all of these other communities of gaming. Um, so Last of Us Part 2 does have a advantage on that angle <laughs> of the community. So I don't know really what's gonna win. I feel like, I feel like if Final Fantasy VII remake won, that would be really disappointing. It's a remake. <laughs> um, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima or Last of Us Part Two are the real contenders. I don't think Doom Eternal is well yeah. received enough to actually be a contender. Um, I don't think Hades is popular enough. And I think Animal Crossing, despite being super popular, like it could, Animal Crossing could be the surprise win because I think Animal Crossing is like the third actual contender after Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. But um, I think it has to be one of those two because the Game Awards like really clean looking games, you know. So I, I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking. I I really couldn't put my money on either one because. I get really surprised by the winners sometimes. Sometimes they give it to a a more odd title, but I don't know. What's your opinion on it?
1: Um, you know, I could see Last of Us 2 getting it. Um, just because, you know, uh You know, I just think uh It, yeah. it's it's just to me it's it was more of a popular game. I could see you know um Yeah. I mean I could see Animal Crossing getting it, but I I think Last of Us 2 is probably the one.
0: Yeah. See, I'm the same way. I think Last of Us 2 is like the it is the obvious choice, but then Animal Crossing is like if it won, you could see people like going crazy and being like Hooray, Animal Crossing won, the game that should have won because it's so popular. Um, so yeah, I could see it go both ways. I just think Animal Crossing is a little bit more surprising. It's not the the most underdog, which is Hades. Um, I'd think Animal Crossing is the more likely underdog, you know. But we'll see. Yeah. Um is it's just interesting. The 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 set of games is interesting. And and the thing is, I was trying to think if there's a game that is missing off of it and I can't really think of one. And what's so funny is cyberpunk should have been in it, (laughs) but cyberpunk has been delayed so long that it's, it's, it's going to have to be in next year's. Um, I I really do think that um, Jedi fallen order should have been nominated, but uh, I'm surprised it's not. I'm thinking about
1: downloading. I think it should have been.
0: It'll look great on PC. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I I think it should have been nominated. I would have put it on there before Final Fantasy VII for sure. Yeah, because yeah. Final Fantasy VII is cool and all. It's just, I mean, if they like actually like read into the community that played the remake, a lot of the people that played the remake still are a little bit like it's just not you know the original. You know, a lot of people are kind of mediocre. Yeah. About it, I don't think people are acting like it's the greatest game ever. So I'd be very surprised if Final Fantasy VII. I think Final Fantasy VII is probably the worst choice of these games. Even though Doom Eternal would be very surprising because of, you know, its mediocre also reception. A lot of people really like it, but then a lot of people are just like, "Yeah, it's just a Doom game." Um, <laughs> I I think that the fact that Doom Eternal is an original game. <laughs> is is gives it a little bit of an edge on Final Fantasy 7. So, I I think Final Fantasy 7 is probably the least likely to win. Yeah, I think Hades even has a better chance than it. But um I don't think that's even something worth talking about. I think it's it's got to be Last of Us Part 2 or Ghost of Tsushima depending on what direction you know they lean because I think those are the games that People just were blown away by. It's just Last of Us Part Two is just so controversial. The thing is, even if it won, you know there's going to be a lot of people that are upset about it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just my opinion of it. I think it should be Last of Us Part Two. It is one of the greatest games I've ever played. It's it's fantastic. I need to play it again. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 a good one. <laughs> But, uh, right on. did you have anything else to uh, talk about?
1: No, sir. No, I, man. I, I no, thought man. of a lot that of stuff it. that it I didn't about. A... Oh, there goes my dog. That's <laughs> fine.
0: Um, yeah, if that's all we got, then we can call it a show and let people go back to their festivities right. of Black Friday, you know? Yeah. I'm, exactly yeah and be be safe people that's what i've been telling people this last week it's like you know that uh the virus cases are going to explode this week so please be safe um have a safe thanksgiving and black friday week and continue through the holidays please um and uh it's, it's good to be uh it's good to be back and uh, I hope y'all were not biting your fingers off when you were waiting for our episode to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember, when you bite your fingernails, stop before they bleed. So, um, and Let's remember <laughs>
1: Stop at the nub.
0: <laughs> it's not the newest news in gaming.
1: Unless it's good ass.